Welcome to your Apple Update. I'm your host, John Sherrod, and uh, let's talk about what happened this week in Apple. Um, yeah, I'm going to get started with just reminding you that in addition to doing this podcast, I also write frequently about Apple. Um, if you go to johnsherrod.net, and Sherrod is spelled S-H-E-R-R-O-D, so johnsherrod.net, uh, that is where you can find uh, all the stuff that I write about. Um, I do movie reviews and talk about some other things, but, but it's mostly Apple uh, because that's just one of the main things that I'm interested in, as you can tell by listening to this podcast. So um, just a few things I wrote about this week on the blog. I started out um, with kind of a, an update to my experience with my AirPods Pro. Um, I had the original AirPods, loved them. Um, and, uh, this past December, I bought a pair of the AirPods Pro. Um, I was really lucky to get them when I did. They had just gotten a shipment at the Apple store. That was when they were in super constrained, uh, demand at the time or, or availability at the time because of the demand. And so I picked them up and I loved them. And I wrote, uh, after a few days of having them, I wrote a review and kind of talked about all the things that I liked about them. Um, but, uh, it wasn't super long after I wrote that review that, I first started having problems uh, with my AirPods, and this is something that is probably uh, something that's going to affect a minority of AirPods users, but I have heard other people experience, express that they have also had this issue, including somebody today came and told me that he had had this issue as well. What happened was um, I started experiencing a buzzing sound in my left AirPod bud, and then it later started in the right one. It wasn't as severe in the right one, but it was in both of the buds. And it was basically like um, like a buzzing sound um, when, when I would talk. So this would only happen when I had the transparency mode where it's kind of like letting you hear what's happening uh, outside of your headphones or when I had noise canceling on where it's sucking out as much of the external noise as possible. Um, and with either of those modes active, I would get this buzzing. If I turned them both off where it was just where, you know, I would... The, the, the noise isolation was just coming from having the thing stuck in my ears and it was just playing audio, but it wasn't doing any of the, the fancier stuff like active noise cancellation or piping in outside audio. I wouldn't have it in that situation. So it was only when I had those, those modes enabled that I was hearing it. Um, it sounded kind of like a blown speaker or blown microphone or something like that. So um, it's, it seemed like a hardware problem, although the fact that it only happened when those software modes were enabled, I'm not sure. Uh, but regardless, I went down to the Apple store and I wound up spending uh, a total of about five hours uh, split up between a Saturday and a Sunday at the Genius Bar while they went through a whole bunch of troubleshooting steps. And I think part of what um, made it take so long, because they were they were honestly pretty quick to, to confirm, to agree with me that this was not something that was supposed to happen. There was a defect going on here and they were willing to swap them out. But, you know, with the AirPods, there's really three components. You've got the charging case and you've got the left and right bud. So you've got all three of those things in there. Um, and so initially what they did was they, they swapped out the buds. They have some, uh, some special stock of, of the individual buds in the case that they keep at the Genius Bar for swap outs and that sort of thing. And so they swapped them out. Um, but the problem, the problem was that I had a newer version of the AirPods Pro firmware on my set that I walked into the Apple store with and what was on those individual AirPod, uh, AirPod, AirPod Pro buds, boy, that's a tongue twister, that they were going to swap out with me. And so what's supposed to happen is that to, to get the latest firmware uh, onto the replacement buds is you put the buds in the charging case and it's supposed to sit there with the case plugged into power for 30 minutes. And at the end of that 30 minutes, you're supposed to take them out and your, your AirPods have received the latest firmware update from the case. 
Um, and that just never worked properly. We could never get them to sync, or if we did, or pair rather, if we could, they would. I, I could get one paired but not the other. And and you know, basically, if it doesn't work, then what you've got to do is sit there for another thirty minutes while it tries to get the firmware synced. So that was hugely frustrating. Um, I, I used to work in Apple retail, so I have a lot of patience for the type of work that they do and the constraints that they have and, and frustrations that they have in, in their job roles. And honestly, I really I did not have any problem with anybody that I was working with at the Genius Bar. It was just a frustrating experience um, because of the way that the whole firmware system worked. Uh, they eventually swapped out the charging case as well, and we still couldn't get it paired and get the firmware thing uh, resolved. So what they eventually did at the end of that second day that I'd been at the Apple store is, um, and, and you got to remember, this was at a time where um, you couldn't walk in and buy AirPods Pro because if you had, I was still in the return window because they had extended holiday return period. So I had like a month from the date of purchase to, to return them. Um, so if they'd had any in stock, I would have just returned them because I, I walked in with the box and the receipt and the bag and everything, but they didn't have it. But what they eventually wound up doing is apparently, and this makes sense, they had, when they had received their last order of AirPods Pro at the store, they had grabbed a small stack of the, them in the retail cases and stashed them in the office in the back so that if they needed to swap out an entire set at the Genius Bar, they had some stock to do that. And so they actually did that for me. And I walked out of there with a whole brand new set fresh out of the retail packaging. Um, and uh, I felt pretty good with that. I mean, I, again, I appreciate that they were totally willing to replace them. I didn't have to fight with that at all. They were on my side as far as that goes. Um, but the frustrating thing is after a few weeks, I started getting the buzzing in this totally new set. Um, this time it's only happened in the right uh, bud. I have not had it in the left bud at all. And it hasn't been as severe as it was with the other set, but it's there. And um, it's been this way for, for several weeks at this point. Kind of right when lockdown started happening with COVID-19, um, uh, the Apple retail stores had already shut down. But but not everybody and not every state had entered into lockdown yet. And so I got on like a live chat with um, Apple support in the Apple support app. And um, because, I, you know, ideally what I would what I wanted them to do was send me a replacement bud and then I would mail back the defective one. Unfortunately, it doesn't work like that. And I don't know if they've uh, amended any of these policies in the intervening time as more time with lockdowns has gone on. But um but, you know, the way it works is they want you to ship the defective one to them so they can verify that it is defective, and then they'll ship you a new one. Um, and I just didn't want to do that because I use my AirPods for hours a day, every day. Um, and uh, so it was just, you know, I didn't want to go without them for a few days waiting for them to receive my shipment and then ship me back the replacement. So I've just been kind of waiting until the Apple stores reopen following this... Uh, crazy, crazy season we're living in. And, and that's where we'll do, but I just wanted to, to kind of talk about that. I, I'm not, you know, I, I still love my AirPods pro, so I wouldn't say don't buy them, but it, it's one of those things where when you've experienced uh, an issue with multiple copies of the same product, it does make you a little gun shy about uh, getting another set or recommending them to somebody else. So when they work, they work great and I love them. And hopefully it's one of those things where Maybe there were some manufacturing issues where there were a higher number of defects early on, and maybe they found a way to, to refine that and make that better. Um, and again, it's hard to know how representative this issue is of the overall number of products. I suspect, again, that it's a minority of, of AirPods Pro that have this issue, or else we would have heard a lot more about it, and, and I really haven't heard that much about it. So 
hopefully I've just been extremely unlucky with my uh, reliability of my AirPods Pro. But that's my story. Um, A couple other things I've I've kind of been following that I wrote about this week is, um, you know, just some of the ways that Apple is um, doing things to help users understand the coronavirus situation and also ways that they're helping. And a couple things that I highlighted, I wrote a piece about... um, you know, Apple uh, a few weeks ago released this free COVID-19 website. If you go to apple.com slash COVID-19, uh, they have this website and they also released an, an accompanying free iPhone app um, where you can actually learn more information. They, they developed it in partnership with the CDC and the White House. And, uh, you know, I don't know how much those organizations, they probably contributed some of the data and talking points and list of symptoms and things like that. But you can learn more about the virus and they even have a screening where you can screen yourself, essentially, I guess, to see whether or not you may have it and need to, you know, seek further consultation with a doctor. But so that's there. But they uh, a few weeks ago, they released an addendum to that website. So if you go to apple.com slash COVID-19 slash mobility, they released this um, website that is pretty interesting because they're leveraging the data they get in Apple Maps, and it's all anonymous. You know, they they aren't associating it with your device uh, at all, but they can they can look at this data that just kind of shows how people are using uh, Apple Maps. And they, this mobility webpage, I'm pulling it up right now, um, lets you basically they graph out how people's usage of Apple Maps has changed uh, since the COVID-19 uh, pandemic really hit us here in the United States and, and in other countries. So it, the map starts on January 13th, 2020. Not really sure why they started there exactly. but um, And then they, they show a graph of, of when th- things started to change. You can really see it fall off a cliff as we get into March. Um, but basically what they say is that... Uh, the reports are published daily and reflect requests for directions in Apple Maps. So it's basically just a chart of how 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 much people are using Apple Maps, and you can see. And for the United States, it looks like it fell down to somewhere in the negative 55% range. Uh, oh, excuse me, no, it's down to negative 60%, just past that mark at the lowest point in mid-April. So a 60% drop off in usage of Apple Maps and requests for directions. Uh, pretty crazy, but it also, you know, in a more hopeful sign, you can also kind of see that graph starting to gradually shift back up toward the baseline as as we're passing the peak and opening up the economy in different places and people are starting to ease back into their normal lives, so to speak. Um, so really interesting to watch that, and, and certainly if anything changes that affects those mobility trends, it's, a, it's an interesting way to track it. So, you know, not to give you <laughs> yet another graph that you, you, you want to go stare at with relation to uh, the coronavirus as everybody's had enough of that probably for the last several weeks. But but it is really interesting data. And uh, you can actually, they have a, a, a button where you can just, that says all data CSV, where you can actually download the complete data set and, and um, view it and do your own graphing, I guess. And again, it's totally anonymized. It's not something that anybody can determine what you have used Apple Maps for. But interesting just to kind of aggregate that randomized data and uh, kind of look at it. So that was one thing. The other thing um, that happened this week was that Apple added a a feature in Apple Maps that makes it a lot easier to find a COVID-19 testing center. Uh, That was certainly a big thing, especially early on um, in the coronavirus 
hitting America and starting to, to come up in big numbers is that people weren't sure where to go to get tested. And, um, you know, a lot of places have uh, made free like drive through testing and that sort of thing available. But this week, uh, Apple actually added it into Apple Maps. So if you open up Apple Maps on your iPhone, you can actually just type in COVID or Corona and it'll start filling in and suggesting uh, coronavirus testing centers or COVID-19 testing centers. And you can tap on that and it'll show you on the map uh, all those locations. And, and Apple had actually made a portal for healthcare providers available a few days ago so that, so that healthcare providers could kind of let Apple know uh, when they have testing available, and, and even they can provide some information about whether or not you need a doctor's referral first, because I guess there's different requirements at different testing centers. Uh, so you can you can you know tap on one on the map and, and see some information, and of course it shows you the normal stuff that you see when you search for a business or organization on Apple, uh, Apple Maps, where you can see their phone number and address and uh, hours of operation and that sort of thing. But that's that's really nice that uh, they made it really easy to find testing centers um, for coronavirus. And, and hopefully, pretty soon this is all a distant memory, but for now, potentially useful feature that they have in there. And, uh, you know, another thing I wrote about this week, uh, just some more information about the, the iPhone SE. I kind of, we talked about this a little bit in the last podcast about how the iPhone SE might be the perfect phone for this time because of the whole Touch ID versus Face ID. The fact that you cannot use Face ID if you're wearing a mask. So if you're in your home, no problem. But if you go out uh, to go to, through a drive through to pick up some food and you want to wear a mask, or you go out to a grocery store and you're wearing a mask, you're not going to be able to use Face ID with, uh, with a mask on. So uh, that in some ways makes the iPhone SE the perfect phone for this time because it doesn't use Face ID at all. It has the Touch ID home button sensor. Uh, and a lot of people were, were big fans of that as well. And, you know, there's been rumors uh, for, for a good while that... Um, a future iPhone Apple might release will have both Face ID and Touch ID, um, and that certainly could be the best of both worlds. I know some of the the reasoning behind that and some of the rumors has been that um, it would enable basically like a two-factor uh, biometric authentication, so you could unlock with Face ID and then be required to use Touch ID as the two-factor. Uh, you know, that's getting really, really extra secret, super secure, but I could definitely see the argument for it. But um, Another thing, though, that... Uh, kind of came to light this week, MacRumors reported that in the latest beta of iOS that Apple released, um, it actually has, uh, it, 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 it can, you know, when you try to unlock Face ID and you're wearing a mask, it's going to see that you're wearing a mask and it's going to make the passcode pop up a lot faster. Because what usually happens with Face ID is you go to swipe up to unlock it and it sees your face. And if it has difficulty, it tries again. Uh, but in this case, it, when Apple releases this update and, and Hopefully it comes out soon, but it can sometimes take a few weeks before it goes all the way through the beta process until it's released to end users. Um, but it will see immediately that you're wearing a mask and then make it much quicker to get you to where you can type in the passcode. So that is uh, is definitely um, a big help for sure. Hopefully it comes out sooner than later because you know by the time it comes out, we might all be beyond <laughs> wearing masks. I don't know. We'll see. Um, and then the other big uh, Apple news this week is that um, this was Apple's uh, Q2 quarterly uh, earnings results where, uh, you know, every quarter uh, Apple and, and other big companies uh, you have the fiduciary responsibility to their shareholders to uh, basically produce an earnings report for the quarter. And uh, Apple did that. And uh, it's pretty interesting. This is, again, for, for Q2 2020, 
Um, and Apple actually beat their own estimates and, and really beat um, most of the analyst uh, estimates I saw for the quarter. Uh, they actually came up above what they were. Uh, I believe it was, uh, I believe it was like a billion dollars in revenue higher than what they had last year. Just looking through the data now, yeah, Q2 2019, they they were 58 billion. Okay, so this one was 58.3 billion. So um, not a whole billion more, but but higher than it was last year, and that's uh, a little surprising, I guess. I would have expected. Uh, to, to, for Apple to have, have maybe taken more of a financial hit because of the coronavirus, because retail has been shut down for weeks, and um, you know people are, are you know spend you know making fewer purchases because in a lot of cases, uh, unfortunately, people are out of work or are concerned that they might be out of work and that sort of thing. Um, but Apple actually came out with a higher quarter uh, this year than they did last year. Now it's worth pointing out that uh, this really isn't the big quarter where we were going to see a ton of effects of coronavirus. It's really going to be the next quarterly results because uh, the Q2 uh, data only had a couple of weeks there at the end uh, that were really affected heavily by coronavirus. So it's still impressive that they came out ahead, but you know we're not going to really see um, you know what the true effects of it are to Apple's quarterly earnings until their next quarterly earnings report uh, later on this year. Uh, but, you know, it's pretty interesting that it seems that Apple isn't even really sure what's going to happen because who can predict with everything that's going on? Um, and so they're not actually uh, issuing any guidance. You know, usually uh, usually companies will issue some guidance for where they expect to be at the next quarterly earnings report. And Apple is kind of throwing their hands up and saying we, we have no idea because this is an unprecedented time. But um, also just looking at some of the charts I've got pulled up, MacStories.net, they've done a great job of graphing some of this out. And, uh, you know, one of the things that's been a recurring topic that we've talked about on this podcast is that, you know, the iPhone, this will be a duh statement, but the iPhone is and has been for for the last many years a massive hit for Apple. And that is the kind of success that most companies can never even really dream of having. I mean, this has been a unique product in the history of of uh of products um as far as how much revenue apple has made off of it and profit um over the last um decade plus and uh but the problem for apple is that you know the iphone has been such a gigantic chunk of their yearly revenue and profit that there was there's there was concern from investors and shareholders but also from apple's perspective that well, if this is such a big chunk of what you're bringing in, what's going to happen after the iPhone dies out in popularity due to something down the road replacing the smartphone as we know it? You know, what's going to happen when the boom years of the iPhone expire, in other words? And so Apple's been trying to find ways to diversify their revenue stream. And the one of the big ones that they've been really trying to go after has been what they call services. And they've been really trying to expand the services that they offer. So services includes things like uh, paid iCloud storage upgrades, um, Apple Music, Apple TV+, Plus, uh, Apple News+, Plus, Apple Arcade. So some of these additional individual subscription services that Apple has added in um, over the last couple of years in particular, they've tried to grow that out as they've seen companies like Netflix make it big and every everybody and their brother trying to come out with their own streaming service, CBS All Access and Disney Plus and Epics and Showtime and 
you name it, somebody's got a streaming service that they've come out with. So uh, Hulu and Amazon Prime and all that. So Apple jumped into that fray, of course. And then, you know, of course, they've got Apple Music and Apple Arcade and all these things. So they've been growing that. And so uh, as of this quarter, the iPhone was at 50%. So still the overwhelmingly the biggest single source of revenue. Um, but services was the second one at 23%. So 23% of Apple's revenue came from the services division. Um, for interesting pers- uh, perspective, the, the Mac was only 9% of that revenue pie, and the iPad was 7%, and uh, the other category was 11 and Other includes uh, wearables is basically what, what's going on there. So the wearables includes Apple Watch and AirPods and AirPods Pro and Beats and that sort of thing. So um, it, it really is fascinating that um, the services division brings in significantly more revenue than both the Mac and the iPad divisions of the company combined. And uh, also this wearables division uh, has become a massive, a massive success for them as well. Uh, you know, we just hit, uh, I believe it was this week, we hit the, uh, the fifth anniversary of the Apple Watch. And uh, that's, that's kind of crazy. And it's one of those things, I, w- I think I want to talk about it maybe more on a, on a future podcast, just uh, kind of do a little bit of a retrospective look back at a product that maybe sometimes doesn't get the recognition and the due it deserves, but has been a huge success for Apple. Certainly one of the the biggest success stories um, from a new product launch in the Tim Cook era. That and AirPods have been, have been the two massive successes. And then, of course, the rise of the services that um, maybe gets overlooked, too, because it's not a product. But, um, you know, uh, the Apple Watch has been an enormous hit. You see them all the time now. Um, look, they also, the uh, Mac stories kind of has a chart that shows the change in revenues by product year over year. So, um, iPhone was down 6.7% from last year. iPad down 10%. Um, hard to take too much away from this because we're talking about a change in revenue as, as, um, you know, as things rise and fall, there'll be some changes here and there. Um, I, I still am very bullish on, uh, the future of the iPad. So I think we'll see that trend reverse itself here eventually. The Mac was down just 3%, so not a huge change there. But services was up 17%, and this other category that includes those wearables was up 23%. So I saw somebody speculate that Apple may have sold a, uh, a large chunk of uh, AirPods during this time where everybody's stuck at home. That, w- that would make some sense. Um, so, uh, you know, it's interesting to see how Apple's doing. They, uh, Tim Cook mentioned in the call that they expect to start opening up retail locations again. Uh, we're probably looking at um, sometime middle of May uh, when Apple starts reopening retail locations here in the U.S. And um, there, there was also some comments the other day from Apple's head of the retail division that um, made it sounds like, and this makes sense, that, that they'll kind of it'll be kind of a region by region, state by state kind of thing because some states are uh, reopening sooner than others are. So. Um, they'll have to go by what uh, the guidelines are in uh, in each area before they kind of make those decisions. But you know, right now Apple's chugging right along, and it'll be interesting to see what next quarter looks like. Um, next quarter, of course, we're again we're seeing more parts of the economy reopen, but um, it's it's also going to be uh, a full quarter of of Apple's and of course the whole economy being affected by this whole COVID-19 thing. So it's going to be interesting to see kind of what that looks like. 
Um, again, just a reminder, uh, head over to my website, johnsherrod.net, and check out what I write there on a regular basis about Apple. Uh, also, go subscribe to this podcast if you're not already. You can subscribe on, of course, Apple Podcasts. It couldn't be a, an Apple Podcast that wasn't on there. Um, but you can also go right over to my page over at Anchor's website. Anchor's where I do my hosting, if you heard the ad at the beginning there. And you can actually go uh, right over to anchor.fm slash yourappleupdate. And that's a nice little landing page for the podcast where you can actually um, see a link to all the different places that this podcast is available because it's available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, plus just about any major podcast player uh, you can think of is there. Um, But you can also chip in some support. So if you like this podcast or you like the website, you can actually go over to to anchor.com, or excuse me, anchor.fm slash yourappleupdate and click on the support button, and you can actually use Apple Pay uh, just to, to, you know, send me a buck if you want to. If you if you would uh, buy me coffee if we were uh, hanging out in the same place, then consider going over there and, and hitting that support button. And uh, you can also send me a message there if you want to. And uh, you can also get in touch with me on Twitter, at uh, JWSherrod, S-H-E-R-R-O-D is my Twitter handle. And I'd love to hear from you. That's it for this week on your Apple Update. I'm your host, John Sherrod.